Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Boom. Here we go. We're back. We're back. And by we, I mean we. We got the gang in here. We got Z here with us. What's up, Z? Hi. Uh, so it, today is my birthday party. It's Saturday. Yes, this afternoon we got your birthday party. You're already seven because you turned seven on Monday. Yeah. But today we have your birthday party with your friends, mm-hmm. and so an Uncle Rob is going to give you his present. I know what it is. I'm pretty excited about it. I always like you getting presents because I get to play with them too. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you won't be able to. Oh yeah. So, all right. Yeah, don't worry about that thing. It'll keep recording. You don't have to touch it. Oh, okay. You might touch the wrong part and make it stop. That part. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I don't something. know. Okay, so, so uh, yeah. Pokemon update. Mm-hmm. So my Pokemon is Flying Pikachu. A Flying Pikachu. Yeah, it has. I chose it because <laughs> it has balloons on it. It's got it's a balloon. Yeah, it's a Pikachu tied to a bunch of balloons. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Yeah, and it's and it's 
It's actually level 12. Wow. It's better than level 11. Mm-hmm. So, and then it how has many hit points? 40 hit points. Okay, it's not the strongest one, but it's, he's pretty cute. Yeah, it's an electric type. Okay. It's a basic, too. What's his What's his attacks? Uh, Thundershock and Fly. And Fly. Okay. Okay, Thundershock does 10 damage. Fly does 30 damage. Mmm. What's its weakness? Its weakness is nothing. Nothing, huh? That's a good, <clears throat> that's a good strength. And its resistance is fighting types. Ooh, it's good against fighting types because it can just fly out fly of there. Away. Yep, and being able to run away is your best self-defense. Yeah, and it, <laughs> and it yep. is real. I, I do not understand why fly does more than Thundershock. You know, if you ever meet the creator of the card, you guys can sit down and have a conversation about that. Yeah, and the flying Pikachu. It isn't just a normal Pikachu, so it isn't common. The flying Pikachu is rare. Ooh, yep. Sweet. It's not every day you find a Pikachu attached to a bunch of balloons. No. It's not every day you find a Pikachu, right? Yeah. But there, but I have, like, uh, it feels like 15 of them. Do you? Mm-hmm. got a few. Yeah, and then uh, under thunder. Sh- oh, Pik- the Pikachu is a mouse Pokemon. Ooh, okay, I can see that. Height is one point zero four inches, I think. I think it's probably meters. Meters. That's what M is. It's that weird metric thing. Metric system. Yep. Born of the same mind that tried to give us the eight-day work week and all sorts of nonsense. The French Revolution. And weight is... Yeah, man. Weight is 13... They're trying to standardize measurements in the country. Weight is is 13.2 pounds. Cool. And then... All right, we're not going to go over every little detail here, so... Any other big details we want to go over? No, we're not going to sit here and read all of the attack stuff, man. So, I like it. Anything from school this week that was cool? Um. No? What did we learn in jiu-jitsu this week? You remember? What did we go over? Getting out of... Escapes, right? What did we escape from? Hmm. Well... You have to think about it. All right, ma'am. Are you done? Okay. I think we should okay. make this a requirement. We should do Pokemon update and a Jiu-Jitsu class recap. I don't want to. <laughs> no. All right, no. man. All right, let's get this out of your toes. Cool, brother. All right, well, we appreciate the Pokemon update. Later, dude. We will see Bye. you later. Give me a kiss. Mwah. Okay, man. Bye. Bye. See you, man. See you in what feels like forever. Okay. <laughs> Alright, see you buddy. Alright, All right. so it breaks it's down stuck. quickly. It did. <laughs> you can see him fishing. The momentum, yeah. He's got it's funny man, he's coming in here and he's like focused on that card yeah. to do the Pokemon update and then it's like, alright, now anything outside of that card you wanna tell us? Cause you got a whole big life going on. You got all sorts of things going on besides this card. It's like no, the card. The card. The, the card. I was prepared to talk about yeah, the card. Yeah, the card. What do you mean, man? It's the card. Can't shift gears. Yeah, so. I guess it is unfair to expect us to expand. It is the Pokemon card update. It is. It, he's very clear about it. We know what it's about. Hey, we've made a deal, and now we're changing the rules on him. Mm-hmm. 
So change the deal. That's where he gets it from. <laughs> it's from me. My bad example ships. Um, All right. But anyways. Yes. We're here. We're here. Yeah. Saturday morning. And we just recorded Tuesday. Tuesday. It's right, man. And now we're back on normal track for now. Yeah. Although we're a little abnormal Saturday. I got to go meet a client at 10. So we'll be a short Is this podcast. a uh, new client? Yes. It is a uh, guy. Actually, the client is a... 13 year old kid okay. um, who races BMX and then his dad is you know the guy who's setting all this up obviously yeah. and uh, but yeah they heard me talk on a it's called Rail the Berm which is a BMX podcast BMX racing podcast mm-hmm. and I've been like sponsored their podcast forever and so uh, the I was on talking about some movement based stuff you know they were what was it? They were talking about like squats and something about like the importance of like, I don't know why, but like squats for BMX racing because it's this big thing. Everybody squats. Like how much can you squat, bro? And uh, I just mentioned that, well, squatting is great, but if you look at like a gate start, which is the main thing that they're trying to do, like, you know, that's the biggest, one of the most important parts of BMX racing is the gate start. If you win, if you beat that dude on those first few pedal strokes and get to that first corner first, the odds of you winning are astronomically higher than if you don't. And so that gate starts hugely important. And so the thought is like, well, if I get real strong with my squats, I'm helping my gate starts, you know, cause my leg strength and blah, blah, blah. And of course, if you look at top BMX guys and you test them like, well, they've got higher than average squat strength. So ipso facto, you need to train your squats. And, and so, you know, where this right. leads is people chasing squat numbers and not necessarily like movement, like better movement and improving their movement skills. And then also like, well, squat is a vertical, uh, you know, um, power. Like, you know, you're, you're creating energy vertically up and down with a squat. It's like a vertical jump. Whereas in a gate start on your bike, you're wanting to create energy horizontally, front to back. So it's more like a broad jump. And so that's more like a hip hinge, like a kettlebell swing or, you know, Indian club swing preferably or something. But so it's a different energy projection. So again, it's funny. It's like, well, squat's good, but if you're really trying to improve that gate start and that snap out of the gate, you got to make sure you're working on that hip hinge too, because that's the horizontal projection of energy you're looking for. And so, yeah, he heard me talking about it and he was like, wow, that sounds smart. So, you know, if you use enough big words in the right order... Yeah, yeah makes you sound smart. And there's a flat Earth and exactly. space is fake. That's right, and that I can help them ride faster. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool though. Yeah, so he's bringing his son because he wants to help him get a get off on the right foot with training and just kind of go over some movement stuff and it's gonna get him set up on some basic isometrics. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But he wants to come hang out for a couple hours and. Charge a hundred bucks an hour, so if you want to yeah. come hang out with me, I can come. Yeah, some knowledge on you for yeah a hours. Yeah, man. So now it'll be fun. I mean, I'll definitely be able to help them out. Yeah. I got I got more than a few things that I can show them that they're not gonna get anywhere else. I mean, I'm gonna show them how to do the windmill mm-hmm. properly. You know, just starting with the stick windmill, but that's like this movement that, like, that's cornering. Like, you you know, if you ride a bike. I mean, it's an important movement for everything, but if you ride a bike, it's super, super, super important. That ability to corkscrew yourself 
and, and twist your body while staying balanced over your base of support um, is that's turning on and, and so if you can't do that well off the bike you're gonna struggle to do it on the bike but like you just never see like I'm still the only cycling coach I'm pretty sure the only cycling coach in the world like I would make that statement and if I'm wrong I'm not off by much and it's probably someone who's copying my shit uh, if they're not but no one no one talks about like using the windmill and how it connects to the cornering and how it's a vital movement skill for a cyclist. Like you have to have it. It's not a, you know, if you're a sprinter, you know, especially like a hundred meter sprinter, you're just running a, a straight line. Like, you know, yeah. Okay. I, I can see why that maybe it's not as important for you or a Olympic lifter or weightlifter, right? Like, cause all of your energy is being created in a single line. But as soon as you got to turn, and you got to ask yourself to, to twist your body in a way because that's how you turn, right? Like running is a, it's a controlled fall, mm-hmm. right? So all we're, we got to fall to the side to turn, right? So you're twisting yourself in this way. So you're, 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 you're you got to create this unbalanced position to get the energy to start to rotate and turn so that you can turn. And so if you do that on any level, as soon as that comes in, that corkscrewing, you know, uh, kettle or the uh, windmill type movement, that's what it is. It's your ability to shift your hips and your shoulders and stay balanced and all that shit. And so, uh, but, you know, fucking no one, no one knows what the fuck it's good for. It's crazy, man. I don't understand, like, why people don't see it, but whatever. It's hard to coach. It is hard to coach. Yep. There's a lot going on. <clears throat> there is. And there's a lot of like, oh, you know, I was... You know, the excuses are like, oh, it's, you know, it's hard. I don't know. It's it's, it's the student, right? It's not that, no, you suck as a coach. Like, this is a vital movement skill, and you should be able to figure out how to get people to do it or something approximating it or working in that direction. Like, you don't just dismiss it as this advanced exercise that we don't really need to bother with, right? Like, we don't, it's a, and it's like, no, man, that's fucking bullshit. That's lame. So, that's like. You know, we see it in jujitsu, man. Like, oh, it's hard to coach people how to shrimp. You know, they got to figure it out. And it's like, no, man. Maybe your fucking coaching cues suck ass. You got to figure out the right words. Yes. The right noise to make with your face. Yeah. To move properly. But you got to believe that that's possible. I was talking with one of the guys, one of the the guys that trains with us there at Fruita, and he's a, um, what does he do, man? He's a super smart guy. He does like, he educates the other doctors on shit at St. Mary's, you know, so he's like in this educational role as a doctor for other doctors. And we were talking about like, you know, like, you know, he, he got into that, like, because he, he likes helping people and he likes seeing people go from not being able to do it at all to, Oh man, okay. You got this figured out. You're pretty confident at it. And again, it's like why I like coaching jujitsu or other skills, like seeing that. And, you know, we were just talking about like, coaching is a it's a skill and it's a mindset and as soon as you allow yourself to believe that it's the student's fault even if it is the student's fault that things aren't working out as soon as you allow yourself to believe that like like you you stop searching for solutions yeah just write it off yeah you there's you you stop looking for ways to improve as a coach like you can't allow that mindset if you're gonna have the term coach or teacher or something like that attached to you then like you cannot have that mindset that mindset cannot enter the picture or else you're doing your students a disservice like that's fucking lazy coaching man because then it's easy to be like oh you know 
everybody's different. It's like, no, not everybody's different. Like, you just need to keep believing that you can find a way to do this better and keep searching for it. So, it, uh, yeah, man, it applies to everything. Anything. Everything, man. Anything. As soon as you think you got it figured out, that's when you're fucked. Yeah. So. so somebody, somebody will come along and show you that you don't have it figured out. Yeah. They'll have a different interpretation. You're like, wait, what? How, how did you get to there from what I said? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's back up. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. So... But uh, but anyway, so that'll be good. Show them a couple good uh, exercises and concepts for cycling, and then uh, yeah. Some, well, I'm guessing you probably do some like single leg squatting or lunging. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Probably. I would, I would suspect. I mean, I, I do in my mind. You got like the the bases, your isometrics, right? So I'm going to teach them the the the, the nine you know, isometric positions and or the, the stuff we do there. And then when it comes to the movement-based stuff for cyclists, the big thing is that, um, I, I mean, yeah, the lunge is in there. It's the, There's the lunge. There's that explosive hip hinge. Uh, so like your swing, you know, some sort of swing or, or uh, jump or even like a, taking the band and, and – putting it around your hips and having the band loaded low. Remember the horizontal loading thing? Do you still do that shit? To where like the bands hook Yeah, around your hips. Around yeah. hips, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like horizontally loading the hips. Yep. Um, something, something to get like that. Because a deadlift is a vertical. A ver- you're picking the weight. It's a vertical energy projection. Mm-hmm. So if you really want to train, you know, specific to that, you're wanting to, you know, get something along those lines. So the the windmill, um, the push-up is... You know, good. I mean, that's moving cockpit range of motion. Um, the like the push pull, like row, like uh, renegade row, I think you call them, right? Well, even even with like the mace, so oh, like the, the yeah, yeah yeah the bent the so offset leaving, leaving row, the, ball, the yep. mace end on the ground and then rowing up. The... Or no, just like a bent row with the mace. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And then you're just rowing the mace head side up, and you're leaving the other okay. side down. So you're doing like this put the push pull, uh, you know, was the counter row or whatever you call. That you do, but really for for a cyclist, for a rider, what you would do is start at like a bent ninety degree elbow, and then you would push, push and away. pull. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that pushing and pulling is yeah, yeah. Learn how to connect those two things um, is you know vital, and so yeah, lunging. I mean, that pretty much covers a lot. You know, I'll, I'll throw in like a Turkish get up, and because it's just basic good movement skill I always try to throw in some sort of jujitsu based thing something like I'm secretly training everybody to do jujitsu <laughs> yeah man well I mean ground based movement skills are important so like I, I I look at it as like jujitsu stuff but it's just you know if you can't move around on the ground like babies can right like babies can navigate the ground better than most adults like that's not good so like the babies have these movement skills they've created and they, that's the foundation for the standing up and the, the vertical based movement skills. But then you lose your horizontal movement skills and the vertical based skills suffer. And so, yeah, you got to be able, that's why the Turkish getup, you know, was always so good. It's just crawling. It's just moving around on the ground. It's getting people to go from laying down to standing up and laying back down again. And just in its most basic form, it's just, you know, learning how to 
change from vertical to horizontal and back up again and and uh people forget how to do it so yeah you'll hear you know like old people like our parents age you know say well man if i get down to the ground i'm not getting back yeah yes that's not good that's not good that's not good the the statistic I heard, and I, I said it in front of the, the my Paul, our medical friend, and he didn't tell me that I was wrong. So don't you always hate quoting a statistic that you don't know 100%? You heard someone say it, so you're pretty you sure, but you're about to say it in front of someone who might know for sure. So you're just <laughs> like, oh God, I hope that this is right. <laughs> but yeah, like the statistically speaking, if you fall and break a hip and or someone gets diagnosed with cancer on that same day that... Uh, in two, three years, you're more likely to be dead from the broken hip than you are from cancer. Really? Yeah, that's one of the leading things. If, like an older person falls and breaks a hip, it's just, and it's not breaking the hip, it's just all of the things that spiral out. Like now they can't move, they're laying down, they get pneumonia, right. and like all these things start to happen. And But it stemmed from falling down and breaking their hip. And it's just not knowing how to, to navigate your environment with integrity. And you're just like... I got to get from my chair to the counter over there. And and it's just like this, like very controlled, like, you know, they shuffle. don't, yeah, yeah. They don't have integrity anymore. They're able to shuffle through. Yeah. I see that. You know, I got, I think I've talked about it on here. I've talked about it with you off podcast, but I got that basically a friend of mine, he's an old dude. He's like at least 85 years old. Yeah. And I go over and help him out with his dog and change light bulbs and fix his fence, you know, every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, and like he was walking around his house the other day, having me do some stuff for him. And he usually walks around with a like a hiking stick, basically. Yeah. And uh, and you set it down somewhere, and he can get around without it, but it's not ideal. And then we get we got to like the other side of the house, and he's like, "Oh, where's my stick?" And so then he's like, "Yeah, I gotta." He's like, "I can get around, but my legs get kind of tired, and I'll end up on the ground if I don't have this thing." And you're literally just walking around. I mean, and his house yeah. isn't anything abnormal. Yep. Just walking from one side of the house to the other, and then out to the garage and back, and he just lost the strength in his legs just from lack of use. And then now walking is a chore. Yeah. You gotta have you know. It's not using aids, chip, not it's using stick. A stick. And eventually, using that stick's gonna it's be not a gonna chore. Be enough. Then you're gonna need a walker, and it's like, man, you gotta keep that leg strength up. Yeah, if you're not doing something to. to even just just slow the fucking thing down slow it man. down slow, slow the it deterioration down. down yeah and i could just see that and i'm like oh man like, yep and, but that's where we're all headed if you don't keep it in check yeah you know, oh yeah your body deteriorates yeah you gotta take we, care of your we meat don't, we don't last forever no no man not at all yeah that's uh yeah you're the the survivability rate of everyone goes to zero on a long enough timeline. And you're just trying to optimize that and push it out as far as you can. But at the end of the day, like that's... You're not going to win. I mean... It's... Yeah, you have to. Yeah, but you, you have to approach it that way because <clears throat> if you don't, man, you're just going to get to the end and it's not going to... It's going to suck. Yeah. Like, that's everybody's nightmare, man. It is, dude. Like, dude, you don't want to be old because you equate being old with being, like... Helpless. Helpless and just feeble and, and sick. And it's like, man, I don't want to... I don't want to be that. <clears throat> so, but it doesn't have to be that way if you take care of yourself. And that's what's cool with jujitsu. You can do this shit forever. You know, so it's actually, I'm doing my new uh, uh, a mountain bike camp. So I did one last fall. I'm going to have two this year, one in May. Is that March? 
here we got May. I always get March and May confused. And uh, But I, I'm going to do it. I'm kind of ripping off Steve Maxwell's idea. I'm going to call it the Riding for a Lifetime for MTV camp. And yeah, man. I mean, but the thing is, is I got the idea, one, from that, but two, just that last camp that I had, all four of the riders were there. No one was there trying to get better at racing. They weren't like, hey, man, I'm trying to get better on my Strava times. They were all, man, I just want to know how to keep doing this. Like, I really like riding my bike. You know, I want to get better tomorrow, but I also want to know, like, how do I keep doing this? Like, what do I do so I can keep doing this without having to give this up because of age or injury or maybe not give it up, but you just greatly reduce what you're able to do. And uh, especially mountain biking, because it is a physically demanding sport. Like As far as like your strength to weight ratio plays a much bigger role with mountain biking than it does like road cycling. And so, you know, and, and you, once you start to lose that strength and that strength to weight ratio starts going down, then all of a sudden riding your bike is a totally different experience and it's not as much fun. And then you're, like I said, you're either reduced to, you know, going and doing something else or just riding easy trails all the time or whatever. And it's like, man, that sucks. No one wants to do that. So that was the, that was the, the common theme though among everyone that was there. So I was like, well, obviously this is, yeah, there's people want this. They want to know how do I do this? Because it is like the training tactics and this is, you know, again, we're talking about, I'm talking about mountain biking here, but I got the idea originally from the Steve Maxwell camp that we went to. And this shit applies to jujitsu as well, which is that the media loves the pros and they love to document what they do, especially the high end you know, crazy shit. And so they give this impression that that's training, but that shit's not sustainable, you know, on a long enough timeline. That's the thing. Like you don't see, well, where are these people who are training like this in 10 years? Oh, they're fucked up. (laughs) Their low backs hurt. Their shoulder surgery. You know what I mean? You know, Ronnie Coleman, you know what I mean? It is a good example. Like if you, him in the late nineties, right? That was when he was, Mid not early nineties, right? No, early nineties was uh, Dorian Yates. That was Dorian. Yates. Yeah, Dorian Yates was so when I was in high school. So it'd be like mid. And mid, Ronnie mid came, to late 90s, Coleman came right Coleman after that. Yeah, yeah, it's like mid to late nineties, right? Like he was the inspiration for training like a maniac. Right. You're gonna load as much weight as you can, and you know what I mean. And but fast forward, okay, do you, is that really worth it? Like for him, yes, but like for the person who doesn't know, like with that is all the people out there that are suffering from fucking back injuries and blown out fucking discs because they were squatting their faces off because, you know, Ronnie Ronnie Coleman's fucking doing it. Lightweight, lightweight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they're just normal dudes, right? They never paid their bills based on this stuff and they're they're shuffling around now because their back's fucked up. Was it really worth it for them? You know, and it's just like, no. And that's, and that's, you know, again, kind of what Steve Maxwell was talking about is like, man, you can't, if you, you got to look at this differently. It's not what's going to make me better tomorrow. It's what's going to make me better tomorrow. And I can continue to do this for 10 years and not get fucked up. And if you can't do it, like, you know, there, there's obviously a time and a place for like short, for training Sprints. intense like that. Right. Like, but I think, uh, what Dan John's got that 
the, the park bench versus bus bench mm-hmm. uh, analogy. Like when you're on the bus bench, like you're waiting for the bus to come and he's got to take you there in a certain place. And so like those workouts have a very different feel when you're sitting on a bus bench that feels much different than when you're sitting on a park bench where you're like, just chilling. eh, I don't really have anything planned. I'm just sitting here enjoying, you know, whatever. So most of your training should have that park bench approach, not the bus bench. But that's what the fitness media documents. And, and that, you know, as a result, you know, different sports like jiu-jitsu, cycling, whatever, they also kind of have this approach to reporting on training. Remember that I, we, we looked at those fucking stupid Instagram videos. Remember the chick standing the chick on that, that weird that thing, thing that was like, and the chick that tried to jump up and fell backwards and yeah. busted her ass, yeah. and like all all of those. And this is this is something posted on like the top mountain biking website in the world, doing a social media roundup of off season training of the pros. Right? What is the message if you're an average rider? What is the message that you're getting from this fucking bullshit? Like, oh, that's what I need to be doing. And it's like, no, man, no. It's like if you want to do this for a lifetime. You cannot be doing that stuff. That shit's gonna break you down. So, yeah, I think uh, I hope that you know people will be interested in coming, but I have a feeling that they will. I bet they will. Yeah, I mean, my most popular program right now is my forty plus yeah. rider program. I mean, just it's a. Uh, well, cause yeah, you know, I, I'm slowly coming to terms with it, and I'm fighting. Raging against reality, but you know, <laughs> forty going on forty-one, and yeah, man, uh, it's really easy just to try to maintain a sustainable, unsustainable trajectory. Yeah, yeah. you realize the trajectory has to change, it has man. To change, it's like man. fuck, fuck. Yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. Yep, I'm raging against it, but yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's uh. You know, there's there's optimal and then there's reality, and you just got to optimize reality. I think as long as you're just trying to optimize reality, you know, guys like us will never be 100 percent happy. No. But you know, it's just hard too, man. Because that's the thing is, you know, we both, I mean, we both fucking train hard. Like, like we've experienced, you know, what it's like to be. Like, I don't want to say, like, in our peak, physically. Like, I'm not in my peak physically. This is not my physical peak. No. 44 is not my fucking physical peak, like, at all. And and so, like, and we not only experienced it, but, like, we kind of took advantage of it, you know? Like, we were training. We were doing shit. Like, I was riding bikes and fucking, that's when I started jujitsu, you know, kind of towards the end of that. Uh, But, you know, same thing with you. So, like, we know. we've, We've tasted it. We've seen it. And, and this ain't it. This isn't it. This ain't it. So, yeah, it's it's funny, man. If you've never experienced it, like if you're one of these people who just like sat on your ass through your 20s and 30s, and then, oh, I'm starting to kind of get woken up to the fact that I need to get in shape in my 40s. And so, good, man, you get in shape. And you fucking, yeah, you rock. But, man, I'll tell you what, you don't know what it's like. It ain't the same thing. Like, you know, you can't, you're, you, yeah, it's, so, it's, uh, There'll always be that, man. I, I, I know exactly what you mean, but what are you going to do? You just got to optimize it. Because if you don't, you're going to end up like shortening things even more, right? Like it's like we got that, that timeline. How, how can we extend this timeline out? And yeah, you either realize like this is unsustainable and, if, and you've 
do what you need to do to keep the timeline extended out or you rage against it and you end up like cutting that timeline shorter. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, the choice. The choice yeah, is yours. Yeah, yeah. Full, not just one choice. There's many a choices yeah. on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I tried to be smart like, you know, because I took that last week off, you know, so I hadn't trained in like a week and a half. You know, I went I went to Silverton to ski on Monday. That was a you know, pretty intense day. You know, I'm working out at home, but not intense, but I took like a week and a half off from jiu-jitsu because, you know, I'm dealing with that cough and yeah. whether it was lack of sleep or creative addiction still up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. but, but anyways, so like I, you know, went in to train last night, but I cut myself short. Like I wanted to do another three, four rounds. When I got done, I was like, all right, man, I, I need to leave here still wanting to train more. Yeah. Not just like completely... Just first day back in a week and a half and just go turbo destructo. Yeah. Which mentally, I know I could have. I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, I can do another two, three, four rounds. Let's do this. <laughs> I was like, ah, let's put the brakes on. Be smart about it because I want to train again today. Possibly train again tomorrow, maybe ski. So I'm like, let's be smart. I just don't want to just jump into the deep end of the pool. Yeah. Let's see, already, yeah. yeah. I mean, naturally start modifying things. Yes. But, uh, yeah. It's not. I, I don't like having to make that choice, but I know that bill, I'll have to pay that bill eventually if I don't. So yeah. Like, All right, let's back off a little bit. Yeah, I know. I think I just kind of made peace with it at some point. I haven't yet. But no, you'll be happy. You'll be proud of me, man. I've t- like this past week or so, week and a half, I've taken it pretty easy and I've been eating a lot. Nice. I've just been resting, dude. I've just been eating. Nice. Because like, I took a couple days and did track my calories. Just yeah. I, like I didn't change what I was eating. I just wanted to see like, man, how? Because I haven't tracked it in a while. Yeah. Um, you know, I still. I mean, I always like like kind of weigh out my portions because that way I know how much I'm eating. And, but so uh, there was like two days in a row, three days in a row, I tracked. Like, okay, how much am I actually eating? And I wasn't not eat I, for my level of activity. I wasn't eating a ton of calories, man. Yeah. I really, I think you know, my active days or my normal lifestyle. I should be eating upwards of like almost 3,000 calories probably to maintain. Roughly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fucking scientist, but just yeah. from, to, you know, I'm just going on maintaining the body weight, muscle mass, and energy. Dude, there was days like, I think, man, like on the high day, on those three days when I didn't change anything, I was barely eating over 2,000 calories. And I did, I wasn't hungry. I didn't like yeah. allow myself to get really hungry. I was, I was eating, but it just wasn't calorie dense food. Yeah. So then I, now I've been up and I'm like, all right, let's shoot for 3,000 calories a day. See That's a lot of fucking food for me, man. <laughs> I'm not used to that. Well, that's where donuts come in. Yeah. Well, dude, like the <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's what I say you'll be proud of me, man. Like I, I scored a coupon for like a couple dollars off these Klondike donuts. Yes. <laughs> these ice cream like Klondike donut bars. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, let's eat these. These are 250 calories a piece. There you go, man. So I bought a thing of those and like this morning. And I didn't feel good after eating it, but I was like, all right, I need the fuel for the day. Let's eat a bunch this morning. So I ate four eggs, five eggs, then I ate three waffles. Like, there were these gluten-free, just like freezer waffles, throw them in the toaster oven. And I put almond butter and a little bit of honey on top. Ate the shit out of those. I was like, God, that's a lot of fucking food this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to eat until probably Z's birthday party today. Right. You know? Yeah. So then, you know, come three, four, five o'clock this afternoon, just because they're yeah. training and this and training. Like, I won't get home. I might snack a little bit come 2 o'clock, but I'm going to go from 7 a.m. until 2 with a very high level of activity without eating anything. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's put some calories in the system. Yeah, man. No, it's, uh, 
That's smart. Yeah. Eat what you're about to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was always uh, Fred Hatfield's thing, old Dr. Squat. Yep. I like that guy. And then, uh, you know, who, who uh, Mike Dolce always yeah. claims that, you know, in his stuff, like, eat for what you're about to do. Eat, yes. eat for your, are you going to be taking it easy? Well, then don't eat as much. Oh, you're going to have a lot of, you know, energy expenditure? Well, put some fuel in the tank. Yeah. Yeah. I know people get caught up trying to play catch up, you know, because of the whole like post workout window idea. Yeah, and that's such bullshit. And yeah, I that's mean, it's a marketing supplement. Yeah. Company scam. Maybe, yeah, maybe it does something, maybe it doesn't, but it, it got people focused on the wrong thing. Yep. And so that was always, again, what Dr. Squats, he was like, no, man, stop focusing on what eating for what you just did. You know, eat for what you're about to do. And then. Yeah, if you want to do some post-workout thing, whatever. But, yeah, you got to get those calories in. So, it's uh, good, man. I'll be interested to see how it, you know. I, like I say, I, I took this past two weeks. And I, I kind of had to set in my head after their conversation a couple weeks ago. Like, all right, I'm going to take these couple weeks kind of relax. You know, relax from my standards. You know, and eat more. And try yeah. to sleep more. And then, uh, cut, you know, starting Monday... You know, I'm going to dial it in. Like, okay, now I'm seeing what a lot of calories is. I've allowed myself, man, to eat waffles and these Klondike, but just eat a fucking ton of food. A lot of good, clean food still, yeah. you know, but a lot. Yeah. But for me, yeah, because I'll get home from a day of work, you know, and tracking, and I'm still like, dude, I'll like, get home, like, fuck, i got to eat almost 1,000 calories. <laughs> yeah. So eat 1,000 calories, like, when I get home from work, like, that's a lot of goddamn food. Yep. I'm like, fuck it, just do it. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So. Good. We'll see. I, I don't know. I got to figure out a plan. I'm going to come up with a plan this weekend. Like, a, okay, I should eat, shoot for this much, and then see, I try to space it out throughout the day. And I got to come up with a good system. Yeah, that's so, the idea. Just, yeah. you, just figure out what works for you yeah. with that. But yeah. you just know over a 24-hour period, you're expending X number of calories. You probably need to be taking in X number of calories. Yeah, see, that's the problem. I was con- consistently in a deficit. Yeah consistently oh yeah i know i knew it not not really intentionally right but just yeah well like i said you're you are your energy demands are are higher than normal and you are you're eating like super clean you know just nutrient dense calorie low foods which you know is is for most people is great but that's why i was telling kelly we were uh talking about it dude it's funny that podcast has been the subject i've had several people come up to me and make comments about like really? our discussion about like yeah your diet or the kratom thing or whatever <laughs> just it's funny I man that's, people dude, that's funny. just cracking up over it man and so <laughs> yeah and uh and so i was like you know we were talking about it a little bit and i was like dude sugar's not that's why i told him to eat a donut right like sugar gets this bad rap but sugar is a performance enhancing drug like when it first, when, when refined sugar first became available, like they were giving it to athletes and it was improving their performance. It was, uh, it's helpful in certain areas. It's just, it's been, uh, demonized. yeah, demonized because it is for most people, just this ubiquitous thing they can't get away from and they have to be so conscious of it and really limit their intake of it because if they don't, it gets over the top so quickly. And so you're... Yeah, just the overall feeling towards sugars. It's a donut is bad. And it's like, man, that is our ancestors would have fucking mowed those donuts without even thinking twice. They'd have been like, What the fuck is wrong with you? This is a calorie dense food. We don't get this shit very often, man. Like, 
I got to go chase down this Mastodon or whatever. And you're <laughs> bitching about like this, you know, I'm trying to rip his liver out. That's my donut right there is his liver. <laughs> and here you are. So, <clears throat> no, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's the idea of like 80% clean, good food, you know, 20% what you would consider. And when you say junk, I mean, I guess it's even within that, right? Like you, it's more like, I, I would, I would categorize it more like nutrient dense, calorie poor and calorie dense, nutrient poor. Mm-hmm. Like if you, if you break up foods into those two categories and as long as 80% of what you're eating falls under the nutrient dense, calorie poor uh, category, then you're fine. It's the and and you can have some calorie dense, nutrient poor stuff. But the problem is is most people that's reversed. Right. They're doing 80% of the calorie dense, nutrient poor shit, taking 20% and then going to their doctor saying like I can't lose weight. Look at me, I ate a fucking salad the other night and I still can't lose weight. It's like we ate fucking you drink 12 sodas too during the day man like that that one salad only represents like five percent of your caloric intake like this isn't how this works but uh yeah that's it's you use sugar wisely so donuts and waffles and stuff are all right those klondike donuts are pretty good i'll bet pretty tasty yeah that's why you know once in a while i just gotta get some cookies and cream ice cream and I put one of those Klondike donuts on top of a waffle. Ooh. That was pretty fucking tasty. That's, yeah. It was a good calorie shit. See? <laughs> it tastes good. I know, because I was like, dude, I need some more calories. I was like, all right. I was full. Like, I really don't need to eat anymore. I'm like, oh, but this sounds pretty good. I was like, I can handle this. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. So. All right. So I wanted to... Uh, Kiele had an observation or something she was going to tell you, and then oh. I told her not to tell you, right? Because I wanted to tell you on the podcast. Oh, that's right. And I didn't quite hear her, so it didn't Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, she found out from our friend Yassin, the Iranian yep. um, Turkish, wrestler, Turkish dude. wrestler dude. Sorry, that's, that, yep. And uh, he works at the jail. He's a, he's, a jail he's guard an officer, guard, jail guard yeah. there. Yep. And he, she ran into him somewhere, and they were talking, and he told her that, yeah, some recent survey came out and Grand Junction is like one of the most dangerous cities in Colorado. Like Denver, like it, it ranks worse than Denver uh, according to the the, the the statistics thing. And Fruita was top 10. They were number 10. Or we're, we're number 10. So you're safe here, buddy. But uh, yeah, it was like number 34, 33 or something in the state. And ranked like just behind Denver. As what most dangerous city? Yeah, I need to see the survey. I wonder what they're. Well, he was. Uh, uh, what kind of statistics are we looking at here? What kind of? Yeah, it was based on FBI database um, of like you know violent crimes and property crimes and so things like that. Uh, drugs. Based on, based on per capita. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I remember when I was when I lived in Clovis, in California. That's right outside of Fresno. In Fresno, it was the same thing. Like it was one of the most dangerous cities in California, and it was like it was a per capita thing. But yeah, per capita, like they had more murders, more car thefts, more you know drug crimes than L.A. Like it was crazy. So uh, yeah, but yeah, you get these weird little pockets. 
and I guess Grand Junction is one of them, but he was saying one of the, the I guess one of the reasons is he said North Avenue and Horizon are the two like big crime areas, big problem areas around here. And he said Horizon because it's right off the highway there and there's so much drug trafficking going yeah. along the I-70 corridor here that it just attracts. There's a bunch of hotels and gas stations right there. Yep. It's weird. It's a weird scene. You drive down that Horizon Drive. Yeah. And you see a lot of unsavory characters cruising around. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's... Uh, it's an interesting mix, man. You got that and just, you know, we've, I mean, we've talked about it before. Like, Junction has a huge homeless problem. Yeah. I mean, there's such a transient, big transient population here. And, and so when you when you combine, like, yeah, you've got this, you know, this transient population, kind of a homeless problem, and you happen to be sitting on, you know, a drug... Uh, pipeline. Pipeline. Those two things combine... And that's how you end up with the little town on the western slope of Colorado in the middle of nowhere being like one of the most dangerous cities statistically in uh, in Colorado. So I know the solution. <laughs> yeah, 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 let's hear I'll it. I'll tell you the fucking okay. solution. Two-pronged two approach. Okay. One, it starts with police brutality. <laughs> like, Bring it back. Bring it back a little bit. Like, Let these cops get a little aggressive. And make people think twice of sorting off your cops and having interactions. Like, if they think, oh, this cop might whoop my ass, yeah. let's avoid all interactions with cops. Yeah. There's one. That's the first prong. The second prong of my approach is, you know, prosecuting the shit out of people. So, if you get caught with some sort of crime in Mesa County, like, throw the fucking book at them. Because they don't make people think twice, ah, oh, fuck, man, this is, these judges in Mesa County... They're going to come after you. You know, they're going to, you're going to get the mandatory sentence. Yeah. You know, it's going to make you think twice of committing a crime in this, you know, municipality. So you're going to, you're like, oh, as we go through Mesa County, we're going to have all our headlights are working, our blinkers are working, we're going to blaze <laughs> through, we're not going to stop, we're not going to make any sales, we're just going to, if we got to stop, we're going to get out of town as fast as possible. You put those two things in, people start, the message gets out into the criminal community, like, I don't break the law in Mesa County. Because you're going to catch a cop ass whooping, and then when you go to jail, <laughs> you're going to catch a book fucking, at you. they're going to throw the fucking book at you. Yeah. And, and see, that's what it is. Like, if that if those things don't happen, people aren't afraid to fucking break the law. Yeah. You know, nah, nah, man, the cops don't do shit to you there. Nah, they're pretty lenient. No, nah, man. You need to start prosecuting the fuck out of these people. Yeah. And it'll discourage them, man. Yeah. And it takes a little while to play out, but. That's true. I'll run for mayor next year. There you so. go, man. That'll that'll be Straight your ballot. That'll be my <laughs> police brutality <laughs> and throw the book at him. Throw them. the book at him. My two pronged approach. Hey, man, I, I can already see like my. I can have a logo. I have a cop with a book just beating the fucking yes. homeless guy. Yes, beating a homeless guy with the book. <laughs> with yes, the book. that'll be my. That'll be pretty goal. sensitive, man. Yeah, you'll you'll. Uh, I'm telling you, we'll get some votes. You might well, get some I'm votes. Probably, I'd, I'd probably get quite a few votes around probably here. Probably have around here, man. So, yeah, that's. Uh, that's funny. I, the thing I was thinking is what's hilarious is everyone's afraid to let, or not everyone, but like the big thing is about uh, letting the dispensaries like around here is, oh, the fucking crime that comes with them. It's like, you really think it's going to get fucking worse? Like, look at this shit. Like, we're all, like what is going to get worse right. than uh, where we're at? Right. You know, it's not like we're this fucking top 10. Like, Fruta might have an argument, right? Like, oh, well, we ranked in the top 10, and we don't want to, like, invite this unsavory element. It's like, motherfucker, that unsavory element lives in Junction. So, like, 
what the fuck are you guys worried about? I mean, if anything, it would lower some of the... I mean, you know some of the crime and some of the shit is still, like, you know, marijuana fucking related. Yep. Like, it, it, that's insanity. That if you have any marijuana-related crime, it be, because, yeah, like, you, you've, you've refused to let the legal market come into your area and you've just continued to let the black market uh, exist. Like, really, like, I like your approach, but, like, my approach would be to figure out how we, you know, really handle the drug problem. How do we legalize, you know, the drug? How do we get the fucking power and money out of the the criminal's hands, right? Like, if you legalize the drugs and all of a sudden there's no demand for them, the corridor goes away. And so, uh, you know, that would be one. And then, man, like the... I'm with you on the home, like, throw the book at the fucking homeless people. You know what I mean? Like, if you're on Main Street and you're harassing people and you're causing a problem and then the cops ask you to leave and you start fucking getting belligerent, like, yeah, dude, you get fucking the, you know, you you get escorted uh, very aggressively to to the jail jail and you get the fucking book thrown at you. And, like, that would definitely discourage the homeless people from being so fucking aggressive and so entitled is if they were afraid of like, oh, when I, if I butt up against the legal system, I'm going to get in trouble. Right. But the problem is, is if they know now, if they butt up against the legal system, there's a very good chance that the officer that they're dealing with can get in trouble. Yep. And and so they know that. And they fucking walk around knowing that, like, man, I can do whatever I want. In worst case scenario, they get incarcerated <clears throat> and they get three, three meals a day and a bed to sleep in. Yeah. And they're not outside anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. why you have some sort of work program. You know, fucking having them do something. You gotta yeah, be doing something, man. Yeah, a lot of those breaking fucks, fucking rocks or something. Yeah, going to jail is an upgrade for them. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that shouldn't be. You should be doing something to contribute. Like, there's yeah. 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 To contribute back while you're there, it should be not uh, a pleasant experience. Yeah, it's not a vacation. Right. It's not a staycation. They're just they're not incentivized. There's no. no incentive for them to behave. Nope. None. So. It's like, all right, well, that, like, that's the problem. How do, we, how do we get rid of the fucking demand for the drugs? And how do we incentivize the homeless people that when they're here to behave and just be nice, man? Don't be entitled assholes. And uh, I think that that would make things police, better. Police brutality, buddy. Yeah, we could just do that. I like that. And, you know, I wonder, man, because every once in a while you see some homeless person try to fucking stand on a corner here in Fruta. And they don't make it very long. Like, they're gone the next day. And, you know, I don't... I, I've i wondered, often wondered, man, if, like, the Fruit of Police have a little bit different discussion <laughs> than the Junction Police do. And then go drop them off at that fucking truck stop and yep. uh, tell them, look, man, like, north or west of this fucking truck stop is off limits. Like, you guys have east of here. Junction is yours. Fucking go there. But we do not tolerate that panhandling fucking nonsense in our fair little town. So, which is one of the reasons I moved back here, man, to be honest with you. Like, I, I like the vibe. When I'm in Fruta, I feel like this is a small, cool little town. Like, when I'm in Junction, it's just like, especially like you go downtown, and it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, we got all these homeless people, like a big city, but we got none of the amenities of a big city. I don't have any fucking good restaurants. I got nothing fun to go do. Like, there's nothing good here, like, that you would have. You'd be like, all right, I know I got this problem, but I tolerate it because, you know, like, if you live in Denver, there's so much to fucking do that you can justify. Like, yeah, you know, blah, 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 I'll deal with it. 
What if, what's our fucking payoff, man? What's our fucking payoff? We got big city problems, but like not a lot of big city benefits. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like, dude, just go back to Fruita. So I can see that. Yeah, Junction's a nice place, man. I you know I like it, but it is just a weird. It's got just some weird fucking energies it's a weird scene. flowing through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a land of Jan Two Tenths Road. I yep. mean, who the fuck thought that was a good idea? Like, let's name everything this, and then yeah, they didn't foresee the future and trying to put that into your navigator. <laughs> Listening to your navigator try to fucking say it. So, um, cool. I was like, like ten minutes, man. So what? Uh, I'm curious. Kelly said you had like these five questions things that you oh, asked her. Oh yeah. So, uh, Paul, my buddy Paul and I, and my my other podcast, the Skeptic and the Pastor. Um, after we got done recording yesterday, he he's taking a class right now. Uh, he's pursuing his degree. I forget what degree, but one of the, the class he's taking is uh, worldviews. I forget what the whole title of the class was, but it's about different worldviews. And he had an assignment where he's got to interview like five people to get their worldviews. Interesting. And there, his professor gave him these five questions that are kind of like uh, a really good way to figure out someone's worldview. Oh. Sums it up. Yeah, right? yeah. Kind, so of, I'm, kind of like a personality test kind of, for your worldview. And I, I'm, just, I'm gonna ask him to you, and like these, these could be really complicated questions. Like you could, you could take each question and have an hour long discussion about each. Yeah. One. But that's not the point. I promise we'll just bury the body, Rob. Exactly. We, we won't get so that deep. so just make it quick. Like I answered he because he, he interviewed me video and audio for his class and we, we had the conversation done in like literally under five minutes. Yeah. We hit record and it was less than five minutes. So I'll present these questions to you. Yeah. First one. Okay. How did this all begin? The world, everything. Like where what is your view on how this all came to be? On how this all came to be, um, I believe that there was some higher power that uh, created and put all this in motion. Okay, cool. Number two, I might screw up the order of these, but that's that's okay. Um, what is a human being? A human being is a animated meat sack, animated by the consciousness and soul. Interesting. Okay. Three. What is truth? Truth. Ooh. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. The, the human being one and the, t- and the truth one were probably the two of the yeah the hardest ones. Like to sum it up, to make it simple. That's not a simple answer. Right. No. That's uh, man. Truth is. I would say. Like. Yeah, I know it's like so what do you you know what do you what is the justification like I believe that there is a uh, that in any situation in any interaction that there is a a positive end of the spectrum and a negative end of the spectrum and that truth is you acting and speaking in the best way that you can at that moment trying to get as close to the good end of the spectrum as you can. So it's based in what's right or wrong. Yeah. Sort of. I believe that truth has its grounding in in that. And just there's a fundamental, you know, uh, right and wrong that, um, that, yeah. And so... 
You know, it's funny. That's before I go into the last two questions. That is, there was that interview uh, between Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson. I forget who was that. I think Jordan was conducting the interview. Yeah. And they were going to have a big, broader discussion, but they got hung up on what is truth. Yeah. They could not come to an agreement. So the the conversation couldn't progress. Right, right. It got bogged down. This was, took place like a year or something. Year yeah, 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 yeah. But that was, that was basically Jordan's take on it. Like, it's it's rooted in what's right or wrong. Like, and it kind of basically what you said in a, in a you know, stretched out version. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I would say, like, truth on some level is a human construct. So, like, I don't believe that dogs, I don't believe that animals, like, I don't believe that truth is a... It, 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 it's not in their worldview. You know what I mean? There is no truth or untruth. It's just, it just is. It just is. And it's so it's a human thing. That's because I, I believe, like, say we're talking about dogs, there is no untruth in their world. Yeah, they don't know how to be deceitful. They don't know how to be deceitful. It's not, they don't know, they can't see themselves in a way that allows them to be. And humans right. can, which is, it allows us to do, use that for good and it also allows us to use it for bad. But that's the whole thing. So truth on, a, on some level is a human construct. And so if it's a human construct, then we are defining it based on like, you know, what, you know, our, our view of it, which on some level has to do with what we see as right and wrong. So it's, uh, yeah, that would be my rationale for why. That's a good answer. Well, I should say, it's an interesting answer. Yeah. should say good or bad. But uh, yeah. so what would I say? Where did we come from? What's a human being? Where does truth? Oh, uh, right or wrong? Morals. Where do you think that comes from? How do we know what's right or wrong? How do we know what's right or wrong? I believe, again, that there is... Uh, that's what one of those things that makes human beings unique, right? The animated meat sack. Like, we're more than, you know, animals because we have consciousness. We have, you know, what could be called a soul. And that I believe that that is the source of the morals. And so, you know, you say like God or the, you know, the, 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 the higher power that put all this in emotion that we are, this consciousness is a connection with that larger, uh, thing. And that, so on some level, I, I believe that it's coming from that, that there are, again, like there is a universal, like positive and negative and that, you know, you're, we're, we're trying to figure out how to. So it's innate. It's in this. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that, um, I believe that it's, that there's, it's, it's like the, the blank slate versus like, uh, your environment, right? It's not either or. Little it's a little of both, I, but I don't think that it's a coincidence that almost all societies throughout time have had pretty similar, you know, uh, morals and, and rules. rules and stuff like that. And again, like you've got your outlier things here and there, but basic things like, you know, don't murder people, don't steal, you know, don't lie, you know, like these, these basic things, these are things that would get you kicked out of the tribe back in the day you know, at the beginning and, and throughout time have been frowned upon and, and stuff. And so, um, I, I don't, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I know you can argue like, Oh, it's, it's this evolutionary theory thing, but I don't know. I don't believe in, I, I believe that there is a, uh, 
I believe there's something larger than this and that that connection to it helps, you know, bring the, is, 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 is part of the source of it. So. And that leads right to the last question. Where do we go when we die? Man, that's a good one. I would say that I believe that there's something after this. I just don't believe like our human brain can even begin to comprehend it. And that, you know, we you try to put words and stuff on it. And so like Christians believe that it's pearly gates and you know, angel singing and yeah, or whatever, right? Like there's there's a, there's an afterlife. Reincarnation and all that good stuff. Right, yeah. So I uh, I believe that, that that's just attempts for humans to try to um, put some sort of understanding on it, but that yeah, we don't. I don't fucking know. I believe that there's something, and I uh, I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting to see. Because again, like coming up as a as a you know kid raised in a Christian household with a with a preacher for a father, like you know you get this idea that you're at the end, everyone's gonna be standing around and there's gonna be the you know heaven and hell and God's there and you know Jesus is there and they're gonna be like judging you, right? Like this is this is the fucking thing. You're gonna get judged and then you're gonna go up and they're gonna be like, oh you know blah blah blah, and then okay here here. Right, I mean that's kind of the the picture that you're given uh, of this whole situation, and uh, I don't know, maybe that's what it is. But I think that when you really sit down and think about it, like that just sounds absurd. <laughs> it does sound absurd. It sounds absurd. That sounds absurd. And that you know, again, I, I really the yeah yeah I don't know, man. It'll it'll be interesting, but maybe that is what it is. But I think it'll. I don't, I don't think so. So those are it. Those yeah. Are five questions. It's not too far off from how I answered it. So question number one, where did, where did it all go? Or where did it all start? And then question number five, where did we all go? I answered them basically the same way. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I really, I'm okay with not knowing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, if you really like pin me down, I'm not going to like, I, I don't, don't know, but, but that, that's how I exactly how I answered it. I said, I don't know. But maybe it's a Big Bang Theory on how this all got started and then evolution. It's kind of like, okay, if I had to pick one, all right, I'll go with that. I'm not going to die on that hill. As far as, you know, where do we go when we die? Same thing. I was like, I don't know. Um, If you want me to pick one, I I would say, uh, I would like it to be like the Buddhist mindset, the reincarnation. You just keep getting reincarnated until you get it right and then you become enlightened. may take you a thousand times of being reincarnated. Or it may take you just a couple goes at it if you're really good. <laughs> or you might come back as a dog, you know, or yeah. you might go backwards a couple times. Uh, and then, uh, so I answered, that's how I answered both those. Um, human being, I basically said the same thing. It's just, I didn't, I didn't want to get into the consciousness thing. I was like, yeah, it's just, we're just apes. We're just these apes running around trying to survive. And that's just what a human being is. Again, it can get a very complicated conversation, but I was like, yeah, we'll just keep it at that. Keep it simple. Truth. Uh, I basically said uh, something you got to be able to prove truth it's weird because my truth could be different than yours and my truth may change but for a simple answer something you can prove something tangible yeah Um, what was it oh morals kind of the same thing I said it's innate it's in us through maybe evolution again like 
you learn. I think it's one, we're born with the set, and then we get taught, and, and, and our tribe or society teaches us what's right or wrong. Yeah. A little of both. A little of both. They're, they're in you. Yeah, there's definitely something, there's, there's something in, in you. There's man. something in yeah. you. Whether, whether that comes from a higher power or evolution, if you got kicked out of the tribe and you didn't get to sleep in the cave at night, you got eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Yeah. And so those people died off, the people that weren't born with those proper morals. And then so, you know, whatever. And then, uh, is that all? Human being, the apes, the truth, morals. Yeah, I, I summed them up pretty quick. Because it wasn't supposed to be a real long conversation. So I just yeah. started like, all right, here we go. Yeah, it's, yeah. They're interesting questions to think about. They are none interesting. Of them, none of them are simple answers, man. No. Nah. Like you say, you could talk for <clears throat> hours about each one. Well, you know what's funny, though? It probably says a lot about your worldview if you have simple answers. If you're like, how did it all start? God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What is truth? The Bible. The Bible, yeah. You know, what's well, that saying? They're interesting. Where are we going? Heaven or hell? Yeah. I'm going to heaven. Fucking everyone else? I don't know. <laughs> all you sinners. I look around, I got problems with all you people, but we'll just see what God has to say. So, next question. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it does. And it, I, I kind of like putting, uh, like, all right, keep these answers somewhat simple. I know they're not simple yeah. questions, but we're not going to have a long conversation each one. Just like simple answers. Yeah, simple answers. But yeah, no, you, but that's the thing. You run into those people where they're like, they're sure. They know. Or you run the other person. Like, where'd this all start? The Big Bang. Evolution. Where are we going? Nowhere. The lights turn off. Yeah. You know, where morals come from? It's a societal construct. Yeah. Okay. You know, like, both of those people are fucking boring. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the people who are like, you don't, I don't. You don't meet a ton, at least in our circle, you don't meet a ton of people on either end. Everybody's kind of a mix. Yeah. No, but, that is true. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I asked uh, Kelly and Angela last night. I was cleaning the mats. I was like, all right, I got five questions for you. Two yes. Ladies. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to ask you so I can judge you both harshly on your answers. <laughs> it was interesting to hear their answers side by side. Right. And see the differences. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she told me and I was like, nah, I don't want to know. I'm going to... That's I'll, good. I'll, that way you didn't have time to think about it. Yeah, no, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah. So, I, yeah. It's, the, it's better to not have time to think about it. In the moment, it was yeah. definitely better. But Cool. Interesting stuff. But I do know that right now the truth is we got to wrap it up. Yep. Cause I gotta go train some folks, train some, train some kids, show them how to do his windmills properly, and uh, go from there, man. So cool. we'll see. I might be able to make it in for open map, but I'm not counting on it. And then uh, if I miss today, I might go in and train tomorrow sure. with you guys. So I'm not a hundred percent sure if I'm training tomorrow. I haven't thought that yeah. far ahead. That's fine. Yeah, out. I'm just talking out loud as we Think wrap it up. Cool. So. Sounds good. All right, let's wrap it up. Let's do it. See yeah. you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Shoes, no trace of the tools, shaped in your face, fuck the rules, snooze you lose.
One eye always open, it times two No clue, but soon a brief monsoon Might give you a view to choose Stay tuned, include, won't conclude Till the end is near, beware There's consequences for what you do 